letting you, wanted us to let you know that the needs are increasing. So thank you. Now, can we get the music? Yeah. Woo! <clears throat> Sitting at the back, 
never seen a foreigner, waiting to see this fancy person would come from the United States, Canada, Germany, I don't know. What I know is that we were waiting for this fancy person. When he walked into the church, he walked like an American, like this. <laughs> My elders with black clothes walked behind like this. I am exaggerating. This will give you a picture how I saw it. When this person walked behind the pulpit, I was a teenager sitting there and waiting for some good news. This person stood behind the pulpit with a nice smile. He didn't just stand there and read a sermon for one and a half hours. This guy was excited about Jesus Christ. He told us young people that the name Mennonite or Free Methodist or United Methodist was not the highway to heaven. That the only way to heaven was through Jesus. And he told us if we would not accept him as Savior, we would never see heaven. I thought, wow, this guy has a big mouth. <laughs> and then he said this sentence. He said, young people, God has given you a gift. Use it before you die. We were sitting there soaking it in like a dry sponge. Today, all six of us brothers, including my mom and dad, are born-again Christians. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Pastor Steve, for having us once again here in your church. We are not here to preach. You are a pastor. I am not a pastor at all. But I want to share with you that God gave me the grace and mercy with my wife, traveling all over the globe, standing in front of amazing people like you to encourage each other to follow Jesus. And you, sitting there maybe in your sofa at home, I hope that you will not just sit there and turn in your thumbs. Have a smile on your face. Pray that people will go out into this world and that people will hear about Jesus, that they will be changed like I. So this morning there will be no rock and roll music, okay? But we promise you it will be rock and harpin. How about that? <laughs> Pastor Steve, don't worry, we know the rules in the United Methodist, okay? Enjoy the concert.
takes a while to wake up a United Methodist, right? <laughs> you should see how long it takes to wake up a Mennonite. <laughs> They're still sleeping. What a privilege to stand in front of people like you. What a privilege God has given me and my wife that we can share our story. And I just want to do it short and fast where I come from. So you have to listen very carefully with my English, okay? My ancestors moved away from Europe, 1874. From Europe to Manitoba, Canada, just north of North Dakota. Lived there for about 50 years. In 1921, the Canadian government said to us, or some buggy people, no more German schools. From now on in Canada, it will be English or French. My people didn't like it at all. They took their horse and buggy and drove to the Canadian authorities in the city of Winnipeg and told them that God spoke in German, not in English. <laughs> and they meant it. 1,600 of them packed their boxes and moved away from Canada with a train from Canada to New York City. From there with a the big ship to Buenos Aires, Argentina. And from there they took a smaller boat up the Paraguayan River, 1,000 miles northwest deep into the South American continent. Go figure. Unbelievable. The Spanish people said, you people with your conditions, we will let you settle in this area and nowhere else. The Spanish people called the area in Spanish El Infierno Verde, the Green Hell. Never a white person had settled here. One day the boat stopped and told our people to get off. With oxen wagons which they bought from the Spanish people by the river, they walked and drove with them into the jungle, 320 miles away from the nearest city. Unbelievable. There was no road. There was nothing than wilderness. When they settled in the wilderness there, before the first year of settlement was behind them, 126 people had died, including my great-grandma. We had no people with education. We didn't believe in studying. We had no nurses, no doctors. Soon, our people realized they were not alone in this Paraguayan semi-desert. There were seven wild Indian tribes roaming the Paraguayan Chaco. My great-grandparents traded food and clothes with them. We learn their language and they learn our language. We learn how to live with them, they learn how to live with us. And this is where you come in. You people were in the United States of America and Canada and Germany. You thought about us. You prayed for those missionaries who came so that we could accept Jesus as personal savior, religious people who had moved away from the modern society. Today, my colony has 10,000 people. One of the most advanced supermodern colonies in Paraguay. Horse and buggies are long gone. We have internet, we have cars, we have big factories through the grace of Jesus. My mom has a perm. My mom doesn't know how to write. She had no education at all. Today, we have 30,000 Indians, native people, living with us. Years ago, wild in the bush. Today, they are our brothers and sisters in the Lord. That, I think, is why God brought my people there, so that we could witness to them. In 
also to the country of Paraguay. We have mission teams all over the country with big, nice trucks, with sound systems built in wherever in the wilderness we can open it up and do crusades. Christine and I, we will be in Bolivia and Paraguay for one month now doing crusades in April. Brothers and sisters, thank you for coming and sharing with us. Today, one of my buddies, I grew up with one of my tribe Indians, has become a doctor in medicine. One of the native people have become a doctor in medicine. It just blows me away. They never went to school when I grew up. We at least had to learn how to read and write. They didn't do nothing. Today, a doctor in medicine. This is the grace of Jesus, and him the honor and glory for it. Our next song, one of our favorites. We have been three times in Ireland, traveling in Ireland and raising money for missions. We love Ireland. Maybe some of your Irish background. When they invited us to come there, they had every single concert hall sold out for us. And all the money we received in those three tours went all 100% to an orphanage in Bogota, Colombia. Poor children who have no parents, no food, no clothes, no shoes. They get that and hear about Jesus. And Ireland was a man 150 years ago who wrote this beautiful song in Canada because he moved to Canada. After he had lost his second fiance, he wrote this song for us. What a friend we have in Jesus. Here we will play it for you.
have a smile on your face? Till now in Canada, we only saw eyes. It's like <laughs> It's so weird. You do a concert, pastor knows how it looks like. If you look in the audience, they're all covered up. God has blessed us a lot that we can come here on a Sunday morning together. Thank you all for making that decision to come. How's my English so far? Are you understanding me? <laughs> you think I have an accent? No. You have an accent, not me. I shouldn't say it like that. Just for your information, English is my language number six. I grew up at home with Plattdeutsch, German in school and church. I grew up with two Indian tribes. They were my neighbors, they were my buddies, they were my best friends. With home, pastor, with home we smoked together with, stole together with. Actually, we stole, the Indians never stole. They just bored it till you found it. Okay? Then the missionaries came to us and told us about a city far away and told us that we should do something with our lives. Horse and buggy background. Actually, my dad was a blacksmith who made buggies. That's all I knew. 20 years old, I left the jungle for the big city, 320 miles away from me. That's a book in itself. I made it to the city, studied there for five and a half years at the Paraguay Music Academy. And then I wanted to go back and teach music in my colony, but God said, no, you will move to Canada. In 1986, I moved to Canada and had to learn the worst language in the world, English number six. <laughs> Actually, I had only four English lessons in my life. That's it. The rest my wife taught me. She did a pretty good job, didn't she? <laughs> Give her a hand. She still didn't like me to say that, okay? Christine is born in London, Ontario, Canada. Hey. She's a real Canadian. My wife Christine is an RN, a registered nurse from her profession. 29 years ago, I married her away from that wonderful job into the travel ministry. I remember our first Christmas concert. 29 years ago, I could barely say yes and no in English. She knows German too, okay? So we could communicate there. I remember our first Christmas concert. She had written all the Christmas carols on a paper before the concert. She practiced with her husband before the concert how to pronounce Christmas carols. You gotta be kidding me. Actually, she was so worried she took the whole honking page along that morning and put it right in front of the harp in case I would need it. That morning or that evening, I said to the audience, I said, brothers and sisters, our next Christmas song is with the title, Away with the Manager. <laughs> and the people all smiled. I looked at my wife and she just about fell off the piano bench. <laughs> we are still married and I thank God for giving me a beautiful Christian woman. I thank God that we can travel together. And we are not here this morning to brag about it, but we have been in more than 42 countries. We do these concerts in four different languages and God has given us the gift to switch between those four just like that. That's one gift God gave us. We have two boys, they are 24 and 26 years old. They both live in Canada, one is married, one is not. 
So now I want to go back, and I usually don't tell the story. But this morning, I feel like kind of telling you the story. We know about the war in Russia and Ukraine. Could I tell you a story about that? Not about that, but a long time before. 1926. 1926. Our people come from there too. 1874. They moved from Germany, Holland, to Prussia, Ukraine, Canada. Her ancestors stayed. They thought it would not be bad in 1874. They stayed. 1926. Her grandpa, 12 years old, sitting in the Ukraine. Beautiful big house. Well-educated Mennonite. Ready to eat supper. When the neighbor's boy came running into the house screaming and yelling. From far away he yelled already, My mom and dad told me to tell you that you should leave the house right now. The Red Army is at the end of town and they will shoot us and kill us all. They packed whatever they could. They grabbed whatever they could from the table that afternoon. The whole family, very rich, beautiful, big farmhouse, running through the bush, hid under a bridge till it was dark. And under the coverage of darkness, they kept on running. They never, ever saw their house again. Two months later, they landed in Winnipeg, Canada. Brothers and sisters, Today, it seems like repeating the whole history one more time, maybe even worse. Could I encourage all of us, praying for the Russians and for the Ukrainians, for both of them. Think about all those people who died right now, who have died already. These people are praying for peace. It must be hard. How about you and I will come into this situation? Today is the day that we as Christians will wake up not fight over religious stuff. We have to fight for the life and for telling people who Jesus is. That he came and died for you and I. He forgave our sins on the cross of Golgotha. He forgave our sins. He made us his children. Today is the day that you and I will open our mouth as wide as we can to tell the people out there, repent, come to the cross, come to Jesus. If Methodist or Mennonite, doesn't matter. It's about Jesus, our Savior, who called us to be his children. My wife and I, we don't have to talk about Jesus on stage. Actually, lots of programs are not open for us because we play music and share Jesus. They want the music, but not Jesus. It's the most important part in the program for us. And I thank God that we have people, brothers and sisters like you, who are working with us. Could you pray for us when we stand on stage that we will not be ashamed, that we will bring the gospel to those who are waiting? And the Lord has opened us doors where we sometimes have just been blown away that something like that can actually happen. And after the next song, I will share you one story, how awesome it is, how God touched our souls and through us touches others. One more sentence I want to put in here. I'm looking at missionaries here this morning and maybe sitting at home too, you are sitting there. You people put money into the offering plate. You prayed for missionaries. This is the result of it. 
This is the point I want to make to you. This is the result. And Jesus, the honor and glory for it. Amen? Amen. Day by day, we want to serve the Lord. Day by day. sing for you, that's not the gift God gives us. That's why they don't even try, Pastor. Because I want to keep the people still here and online too, that they don't walk away and turn it off. It's easy online to turn off, you don't like it. And uh, so long as you stay in here. Uh, brothers and sisters, this pandemic has not been that bad after all, I think. It has changed a lot. I just read on a German newspaper like the CNN of Germany, it's called Spiegel. This one guy interviewed a pastor from a very liberal church, I guess. He said, how is the pandemic for you? He said, no, he said, how many church, uh, how many people do you have on a Sunday morning? Well, the pastor said, you have about 600 seats. Churches paid a couple hundred years ago. On a Sunday morning, we have between 8, 10, maybe sometimes 12 people. How about now? He said, less. But he said, one good news I have for you. He said, we have about 2,000 people listening to my sermon on the internet. Amen, Lord. Isn't that amen? amen? At least they listen. And one day they have no excuse we didn't know. When the pandemic started two years ago, Christine and I could do a lot of cruise ships. Christian cruise ships. We had just finished it when we were here last. You remember? Two years ago we were here. And uh, when we came off the ship, we had another six concerts left, I think five. They were all canceled. Our Prime Minister said, all Canadians home. 
We drove home. While we were driving, I said, Christine, this could take a month or two. She said, Edward, I am a nurse. It will take a lot longer than a month or two. She was right. While we drove home, God gave me an idea. We have about 500,000 low German Mennonites, Horsham buggy people. The biggest country from those is Bolivia. 100,000 of them, 105 Mennonite colonies. These people don't know the Lord. It's all built up on religious stuff. The dress has to be there. There is no born again, no preaching born again. Nobody reads the Bible because the most of them can't read. Okay? So we started the channel while we were home in Canada, two years ago. I said, God, give us at least 1,000 people who will watch us. Guess what? The Lord is good. We have now an average between, yeah, about up to 152,000 people watch our video per month. Pastor Steve, we have up to 15,000 hours of watching our videos in one month. It just blows us away. We have nine WhatsApp groups. One WhatsApp group has 250 people. That is where people can send us audios from 7 o'clock in the morning till 9.30 in the evening. My wife and I are sitting in our office or in our trailer and we are answering up to 100 audios a day. The biggest questions we have, I don't know how I am saved, I am going to hell. The second, I have flesh of the Holy Spirit. I am in hell already, I will never be saved, I have sinned too much. It's unbelievable, these people. So now I want to get off that story a little bit. Christine and I, we just did our 18th tour in Germany, just before Christmas. We had 26 concerts. There were so many sick people there. Unbelievable, the people came and supported missions because we raised money for orphanages in Brazil, many other countries in South America and Asia. That these children will hear about Jesus, that they will get clothes and food. That's what we did there. While we were there, I received an audio from Belize. In Belize, we have five Mennonite colonies. Shipyard is the biggest with 3,000 horse and buggy people. No preaching Jesus at all. These people are just black clothes, horse and buggy. Unbelievable. Six years ago, we were there. And we did a crusade. Just outside of the colony one, and one was inside the colony. There was a guy, a brother Fair, with the last name Fair. He called us and said, Edward, this is six years ago. He said, Edward, I see that you guys are coming to Belize. Would you guys mind to come to our horse and buggy colony? I said, they will not like us there. He said, that's right. He said, I don't care. If I invite you to my home, would you come? I said, yes, brother. He said, I'm born again and I want you to come. And when, when you come, he said, I will be excommunicated the next Thursday. And I will have to leave the colony with my family. I will have to leave my house. I don't care, he said. The Lord Jesus will take care of the rest. We went there and did a concert. Okay? We did a concert. I will not go into details. That's a long story. Back to Germany again. While we were in Germany, we get this audio. This guy said, Edward, you were six years ago 
in our colony in Belize? I said, yes. He said, Edward, before I even talk to you, I want to send you a picture, but you have an idea what I'm talking about. This guy sends me a picture, Pastor Steve. <laughs> it was a bullet, I like this. Big muscles, the ones I would like to have. Wow. This was not Mr. Fair. It was a guy from the colony. He said, Edward, so now I want to tell you a story. You were in our colony six years ago with Mr. Fair. Yep. He said, I was told by our bishops that when that Edward guy and his wife come from Canada, once he started the program, you go and take that guy out. We don't want to have a fancy person like that in this colony talking about Jesus. Out with him. So when you were there in the evening, generator set up for the electricity and had it loud. He said, he came to the fence of Mr. Fair. We stood there and watched for a little bit. I said to my buddies, let's watch what this guy is doing and then we'll take him out. And he said, he started watching and I liked it. And I said to my buddies, he's not that bad. Let's watch the whole thing. And they did. This is what he told me six years later in Germany. On and WhatsApp audio. He said, Edward, we loved it. After the program was done, you guys were handing out Bibles. And one of your buddies gave me a Bible. A low German Bible. He said, I walked home from that program that evening. Far away in the dark, we stood and listened. I walked home with the Bible and I said to my buddies, now I want to go back. I want to find in this holy book where it says that we shouldn't listen to something like that. He said, this six years I have studied it and he said, well, you know what happened? The Holy Spirit spoke to me through the book. And I have accepted Jesus now too as a personal Savior. Just want to let you know. He said, Brother Fair was for years before that an open letter for my people. He was a light on a mountain. He was not ashamed to talk about Jesus. And then you came. One more thing he said I want to tell you. He said, Mr. Fair died two days ago on COVID. He was not even 50 years old. They left him back in the colony. He, he was excommunicated for one year. I should explain that right. For one year he had to leave and he could come back. So he was back in the colony, shining again. But this brother said, Edward, the fire is sparking in our colony. Not just me, there are lots of other ones are listening to your Plotage video channel. And many of them have accepted Jesus as Savior. Isn't that good? Brothers and sisters, I think it's the most It's so good. I have no words to describe it how good it is. Because I lived like that. I lived like that. You came to me. You came to my brothers, you came to my family, you came to my colony. Today we can shine. That's how important it is that we work together as brothers and sisters. Would you mind reading that? You see, I don't want to have these people falling asleep on me here tonight. You know? <laughs> um, Christine will read uh, John 3.16 and I want to share a little bit of my story. We have one more song left and then, yeah. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. 
For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him, excuse me, through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. Amen. We all know those verses, right? I grew up with that too. I learned the catechism, memorized the whole book. Don't know nothing about it. Because it was only religious stuff that was important when I grew up. I remember when I was baptized when I was 20 years old. Ready to go to the big city to study. We were about 25 of us guys laying in front, man and woman. I remember on these we had sprinkling there at church when I grew up. When the pastor came by, I thought to myself, Pastor, don't put too much water on my head. Because I had my package of cigarettes behind my socks. <laughs> I didn't want to get them wet. What do you think? Is that a good start with Jesus? That's not good at all. Now, I don't want to judge people who smoke. I smoked for 20 years hidden, lied about it. That was my best habit. I would never give it up for nothing. I went to the city, studied all those years. Then I started traveling all over the world. Still the biggest hypocrite you could have found in a church. The biggest liar ever. And I thank God that he touched my heart through the grace of Jesus. Now I want to back up a little bit, quite a bit. When I was seven years old, you people put money together in the country of the United States of America. Colorado Springs, Colorado. You started a Christian radio station called HCJB in the city of Quito, Ecuador. I was seven years old, 1967. Never heard music, never saw more fancy things than horse and bunny. Our house had just a grass roof, mud walls, mud floors. Our house had two rooms, one side sleeping outside, uh, one, one side eating, sleeping, and living outside. This is how we lived. Here my dad comes home. He had given all his money he had. He had bought his family a shiny box called a radio. Sitting beside the bonfire that evening, which we always did to keep the billions of mosquitoes away and the thousands of rattlesnakes, my dad turned the knob on that radio box, and we as a family heard the first time in our lives music. And then somebody spoke to us in our own Platoch language. It changed our lives forever. For years to come, it was the only source of information my family received from the outside world. HCJB World Radio. You supported it. And you brought the gospel into our home. Although only seed was put into our soul, we didn't become Christians, including my mom and dad. But it grew. And then you sent the missionaries to us. And then you sent us material stuff. You sent us a plow for all things. A metal plow with three wheels and a seat on it. It was for us like a John Deere for you guys with a roof, air conditioning, and a stereo in it. <laughs> How would I remember? Because I didn't have to walk behind the plow anymore. That was a blessing. And then 1975, our three colonies started their own radio station. And we will do a concert with them 
in a few, in a few weeks in Paraguay to build a new station from the border of Paraguay in the northwestern part, right in the middle of the jungle, to put this antenna and beam it to the 100,000 Platoch people in Bolivia. So they will also hear about Jesus. <laughs> yes. Amen, Lord. Wow. I am so excited about that. So now we'll go back to my story again. I flip all over, flip flop here around. I have only, oh my goodness, it's four minutes over already, Pastor. I'm just about done, okay? So Christine just read John 3 16. In 1990. No, I have to back up, otherwise you don't get the story. If all the stories didn't tickle you so far, if all the stories didn't tickle you, I hope this one will. Quite a few years ago, we did a huge concert somewhere in North America. Big concert. Fundraiser for missions. During the concert, an old man sits there. He sits there with a big smile like this. And I see the tears roll. After the concert was done, people were all standing there clapping. This old gentleman couldn't get up that fast. He shouted through the room and said, Brother Clausen, could you wait a minute? Everybody stopped clapping. He grabbed his cane, slowly got up from his seat, came walking toward the stage in a loud voice, he said. He said, Brother Clausen, I can't believe what I have heard tonight. I said, why do you say that? He said, Brother Clausen, if you believe it or not, my name is J.D. Friesen. I am that missionary who came to your mud house and did the crusade, as you explained at the beginning of the program. I told your young people that the church membership was not the highway to heaven, that only through Jesus you would make it up there. He said, in the middle of the program, I realized that you are talking about my mission trip in Paraguay years ago. He said, Brother Clausen, today I have heard and seen my first result of my mission trip in Paraguay. Years ago, I never thought he would see it. Brother Friesen, a few months after, passed away. His wife too, on the same day, on his funeral day. They're in heaven now, their work is done. In the meantime, you and I are still here, right? Let's work together. In 1990, 30 years for me of living as a hypocrite in the church, I kneel down beside my bed in the city of Winnipeg. I opened the Bible at John 3.16 and I start to read and I said, God, I'm not getting up from this prayer before you will make me free from the slavery of sin. Two hours of crying and begging and reading that over and over and over and over. Two toughest hours of my life. Jesus came into my heart and forgave my sins. Got up from my prayer that day. I never smoked again. The Lord cleaned me from the inside out. That's the day when I became a brother and a Lord to you. That's the day Jesus made me a child of his. Thank you, Pastor Steve, for having us here once again. So if you will play a song now, and we'll have the offering during the program. And when we do the offering, just let you know, the money goes for our ministry. When we travel all over the world, we do a lot of money, uh, concerts for HCJB, Transport Radio, and Far East Broadcasting. In New Zealand and Australia, we have been there five times done over 200 concerts there, raising money for the station, because those antennas are not in Quito, Ecuador anymore, they are in Kalanara, Australia, to beam it to the 1040 window. 
So I pass you want to say something, right? So one more song. <clears throat> I want to do something spiritual before we do this. Yes. Your heart, you touched my heart when you were talking about the war. And I would like all of us here to join and those that are watching us live or even recorded, let's join and let's pray for the Russians and the Ukraines and people. And do you still have people there? No. The, the, they've, let, they've migrated over, but we still have family. Yeah, lots, all, lots of friends. Right, friends. Let's pray for that situation. Can I put my hand on you? Oh, yes. Lord, I come to you and I just thank you this day for this ministry that we've heard about the Colossians, the way they go around the world. I thank you for the fruit that we see. And I thank you for this gentleman that saw the fruit in his life from a missionary trip that he made. From a prayer he probably prayed one time or someone prayed, please send missionaries to these people. And it was answered. We come today and we say that same prayer, but we pray for the people of Russia and Ukraine and that whole entire area where they're is war and strife at this time. And we pray for people even now to prevail that have calmer heads. We pray for the Holy Spirit to step in. The same way you did in the Old Testament, Lord, when you step in and you just stopped wars, we pray for that even now. And that you would be with the people and that you would bring justice and mercy. And that if there's any in the way right now that you would, you would just stand as a hedge between them and the enemy and just stop this and those that have lost loved ones even now we pray for your comfort for their we're not praying for a side we're praying for any that have lost loved ones whoever they are and even now even now as we talk about this and we talk about foxhole religion yeah may you break in to both sides and change their hearts and bring peace we ask in your name amen amen I knew that uh, the offering that would be taken up and Tom and Leon are going to go ahead and get the plates and pass it. This goes to them and they use this for ministry to fund the radio stations and the orphanages and the other things that he's talked about. And if you're online, Dwight has already set it up online. You can go to the online website and you can give to the Colossians there. You can do it at some other point in time. And we have the addresses and Sue cuts a check. Uh, once a month, if we've collected anything, a check would be cut and sent to him. So you can you can do this repeatedly if you want. So, yes, ma'am, Sue. Okay. Sue says, just make sure you put on your check or your envelope for the Clawson Ministries, and we will get it to him. And you can do this year-round. doesn't have to be just today. So with that, we're going to make him play for his money.
Thank you for blessing us again with your wonderful ministry and testimony. Um, I hope you online have sent in your prayer requests and your praises. Do we have any from in the congregation here? Anyone with a praise or a prayer request? Ms. Linda. Please keep Charlie in your thoughts and prayers. He's in the hospital with AFib, um, and please pray for his physical and mental health. Okay. Thank you, Ms. Linda. Others? Ms. Dorothy. I want to thank you every, for everybody for praying me for my cataract surgery. I've had one eye done, and I'm getting the other one done soon, and it's amazing. Thank you. And since she can see now, she sees half of Tom. <laughs> I have a praise. My friends, husbands, cousins are missionaries, Herb and Kim, in the Ukraine. They drove for two days to escape. They are now safe in Poland. All right. Thank you. Amen for that. I'd like for us to pray for Debbie McClellan. She does a wonderful job of her and uh, Rick working at the Hope House. As most of you know, she is going through treatment for breast cancer, and she is really struggling. She had to postpone her radiation last week because she was so sick from the radiation, I guess, the week prior to that. Let's all pray that God would bless them richly because they have really blessed this community and all the folks at Hope House. Amen. Amen. Larry? I like to give a praise for Miss Ellen taking me home these last two Sundays. I'm, I'm getting old and I, I can't ride the bicycle no more. <laughs> You're getting old. You got the muscle. I don't get old. <laughs> Others. Ellen. I have a prayer request. I just found out night before last that one of my neighbors had passed away and I didn't even know anything about it. He had a, apparently a blood clot. And also the same... A couple days before that, a friend in Georgia had also died suddenly. So for their families, uh, Rennell in Georgia and Mike Lane in Lakeland. His wife is manager over at the Sterling uh, uh, Apartments, Gina, so she needs our prayers. Okay. Debbie, have we had any update on Nita? Okay. We're going to pray for Nita Davis. She's in the hospice house. Um, she, you know where that goes, so we want to continue to pray for Juanita Davis. Any others here? Okay, Christy, what do we have from online? Ken Taylor. Ask his prayers for a grand elder, Lauren, who's suffering from Crohn's disease. Tracy Bodemar Martin, continue your prayers for her daughter, Mallory, and her baby, Finley, please. And that's all. Okay, and of course, you know the situation with the Ukraine and other situations that are going on around the world. So let's go to God in prayer. Father, we come before your throne of grace, and we again, God, thank you for Jesus Christ. And Lord, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here. And as Edward has reminded us, and, I, and, and it's dawned on me that as he spoke today, he was from a colony of Mennonites, very religious, but he didn't know Jesus Christ. And there may be many people sitting in the sound of my voice today that 
maybe members of Baptist or United Methodist Church or some other church, but they don't know Jesus Christ. So I pray, God, that you would break into all of our hearts, wherever we may be, whatever denomination we may think we are, however religious we may think we are. Break into our hearts through your Holy Spirit and let us know that you're there, that you love us, and let us see you for who you are. And realize salvation is found in you and you alone, not in any denomination or any church or any preacher or anything else. And you change us and let us live for you. As we come, we know that your word instructs us to lift those in need before you. And you have heard all these requests that have been lifted this day. You know the situations, those that are struggling, those that are in the hospital, those that may be with hospice, those families that are dealing with all these situations, these that have lost loved ones, and we lift them all before you. And ask that your mighty hand of grace would be with each one. Let them understand, let them know, as Paul said, that nothing, not even death, can separate us from the love of God found in Christ Jesus. And let us all look to you for the answer. But at the same time, let us all work together to point others to you and to be a part of that answer as we offer a hand in friendship, a glass of cold water in love, or whatever it may be. Pray for our nations and the leaders of them around the world as they're making decisions at this important time, not only about Russia and Ukraine, but about other things that are going on with COVID and immigration and finances. And just guide us, God. We need you. We need you. We need to put you in control of our life and our governments, and we need you to work for us. Now, as we go forth, let us go forth with smiles. Let us not be, as Brother Edward has reminded us, those dire people that are religious and sitting there with frowns. But let us go forth with spring in our step, joy in our heart, a smile on our face, and say, let me tell you about the love of Christ, the love of Jesus that has changed me, and has given me eternal life. We ask this in your name and all God's people said. Amen. 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 And thank you for joining us here today. And thank you for joining us online. I remind you that Zooming the Peace is Thursdays at 7 p.m. Hosted by Dwight and Phyllis. I also want to remind you of my Bible study on Zoom at 1 p.m. on Thursdays. We'll be in Ephesians 3. We're going to do a special service that will be online for Ash Wednesday. It will be online by roughly noon Wednesday that you can watch online. So there'll be an Ash Wednesday service that way. Next week is also communion. So if you're online, you may want to get your juice and your cup ready. Uh, and if, of course, if you're here, <coughs> it's not up there, but I think I remember this. If you're here, we have plates in the back you can give here. Or if you're online, you can send those in via the internet or go to our website, lakegibsonumc.com. You can set up one-time giving, repeated giving, however you want. You can give to the special funds like the Clausens or the Oasis, who was here last week, the uh, Women's Prison Ministry. All that's online. You can give there. So let's go now, and let me give you a benediction. Lord, as we go forth now, let us go forth in the joy, peace, and the mercy of Christ, and let us go forth to tell others the good news. Jesus Christ is alive, he's well, and he loves you. We ask in your name. Amen. 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 See you Sunday.